Thames was intended to house the poorest workers in the community. Even the amount of land used was frugal. The houses squashed and stretched up to squeeze in more rooms, rather than give their inhabitants comfort or space. The Stratton's neighbours had made the best of their homes. They painted and papered, knocked down walls, built bathrooms and modernised their kitchens. But number 14 remained just as it was built. Even the old gas mantles on the walls were still in place, despite the addition of electric light. A dark, draughty house, almost impossible to heat. Damp crept in each winter, peeling off paint and paper, leaving a musty smell that nothing could disguise. No one could accuse Reverend Stratton of the sin of pride, or even of laying up treasures on this earth. Although it was kept scrupulously clean and tidy, Every stick of furniture had been given to them. The only adornments were framed biblical quotations on the walls. The one in the kitchen read, Honour thy father and mother. Are you listening? Gwen Stratton scowled round towards Prudence, washing up just inside the scullery. If you bring back mouldy carrots again, I shall just send you back. Yes, mother, Prudence sighed. She was dreaming of a pale blue velvet dress in the window of the haberdashery shop. She knew, of course, she'd never own it, any more than she'd ever be allowed to have her hair curled in rags or have patent leather bar shoes. But then, even her parents couldn't stop her dreaming. That's enough, Brasso! Gwen Stratton wrapped her pencil over the back of Tobias's hand. He was sulking because he wasn't allowed out to play football in the street like the neighbour's children. Polish it off! and put some elbow grease into it. Charity cut carrots and onions into slices at the end of the table. What's the matter with you? Gwen Stratton looked up at her eldest daughter, irritated by her slow progress. There's more to do this morning than chopping carrots. Get a move on. Charity couldn't meet her mother's eyes. I'm just tired. She glanced up at that biblical text on the wall. I didn't sleep much last night. The glass on the text acted as a mirror, revealing all her shortcomings so clearly. The childish plaits, pale face and stick-thin legs showed exactly how she got the nickname of Weed. She was tidy enough. Many people pointed out what a credit all four children were to their mother. But no one else at school had such awful old-fashioned clothes and clumpy shoes. "'Pass the iron tonic here,' her mother snapped. "'You're always tired these days.' as if I haven't got enough to worry about without you dripping around the place complaining all the time. Charity handed the bottle and spoon over silently. Had a stranger observed Gwen Stratton pouring two large tablespoons of tonic into her eldest daughter's mouth, they might very well have wondered why she didn't take the medicine herself. For although the obedience of the children, the cleanliness and order in the house, suggested she was a good wife and mother, Something clearly ailed her. Everything about Gwen Stratton was drab, from her weary voice, her clothes and her stooped, narrow shoulders, to the plain brown dress and shapeless cardigan she wore every day except Sundays. Thick Lyle stockings, feet in worn carpet slippers, suggested she was far older than her forty years. Bitterness wafted out of her like a sour odour. Charity gulped down the tonic, quickly following it with a glass of water, 
then turned to the stove to flip over the browning meat. She had no need to ask what chores she had to do today. As the eldest, five years older than Prudence, she was responsible for the washing. She added flour, stirred it well in, adding a jug of stock, then deftly transferred the bubbling mixture to a large saucepan, scraping in the vegetables. Nausea welled up again as a thick brown scum rose to the surface. She spooned it off, wishing she could do the same for her teeth, which seemed to be coated with the iron tonic. Turn that down and leave it, Mother barked. James has finished. Charity dutifully turned to her little brother and lifted him from the pot to wipe his bottom. Poo, she smiled lovingly at James. Hang on while I empty this, then I'll get you dressed. She took the pot out through the scullery to the outside lavatory, emptied it and sluiced it round.